Welcome to the Fong Vo Show. Now let's go. Hey, podcast listeners, Fong here. Um, today's episode is actually a recording of a monthly masterclass that I do called Grow with Fong Vo. Um, I go over best practices on how you can market your business in 2021. And I also do a lot of uh, live Q&A. And so a lot of the content that you're seeing from me on social media actually originates from this um, Q&A sort of session that I do with these uh, attendees. And so you're welcome to join. You know, I'll put the link um, in the description of the podcast. But I hope you enjoy. And I'll talk to you soon. What is the best way to market your B2B company in 2021? And... Um, I'm going to share something I ran across that's going to answer that question. So about 80% of B2B buyers and C-suite executives use social media to make purchasing decisions. Now I'm going to repeat that one more time for the people in the back who can hear me. <laughs> so about 80% of B2B buyers and C-suite executives use social media to make purchasing decisions. So in my experience, however, 10%, less than 10% of B2B companies are actually doing social media the right way. So right now we have what, 66 people on the call. We're going to have about six people on this call that's actually doing social media the right way. So that means there's a huge opportunity to improve, to get better at your social media abilities. Now, there are many benefits of using social media, but I'm just going to go over the top three that, you, that are uh, the beneficial reasons to use social media. So number one, it's free, right? If you compare social media, posting on social media to like, let's say, putting a billboard ad, a billboard is going to cost you. If you want to post in a magazine, it's going to cost you. If you want to post in a newspaper, it's going to cost you. If you want to post a, a TV ad, it's going to cost you. But posting on social media is free, completely free. And so that's, that's a huge benefit, you know, for small business owners. Um, the second is it has the most attention. So if I were to tell you right now, hey, Susan, you have the opportunity to present your product and service to one person versus 100 people, you're, of course, you're going to choose 100 people, right? And so social media actually has the most attention. It's the technology platform that has the most attention. There are 4.33 billion, would it be? 4.33 billion people using social media across, you know, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, there are 4.33 billion people using it. So that's a huge chunk of the world's population using it and, and being on it every single day. So it's good for you to be on there. That's number two is most attention. Number three is it's the easiest and most efficient way to actually communicate and build trust. You know, so back in the day for some of you, um, we sent mail, right? Like a mail, like a handwritten mail. And it might take you 10 minutes to write the dang thing and then put it in an envelope, lick the envelope, and then put the postage on there and then send it out. The whole, by the time you're done, it could take 10, 20 minutes. And then we had an efficient way to send mail, which was email. That was way better, but it still takes time to write a very thoughtful email. And then you had the phone calls. You know, you could easily just click and dial someone and just talk to them on the phone. But social media has revolutionized and transformed the way we communicate. 
And so it's so easy to communicate with people on social media, right? If, if let's say Krista puts a nice picture of her and her family on uh, Veterans Day hanging out, I could easily go to that post and comment, Krista, wow, beautiful family, love it. You know, uh, wishing you all a happy um, Veterans Day, Memorial's Day. You know, it, it would only take me 10 to 30 seconds to do so. And at the same time, I just built a relationship with Krista right there. And so those are the three main reasons why and, and why it's so beneficial to use social media in 2021. Now, I'm actually going to go over now three different platforms for B2B marketing. Okay, so as a business owner, I've gotten questions, I mean, um, I've gotten questions from some of you saying, hey, I have limited time. What are the top social media platforms I should be on? I can't be on all of them. What are the best ones? So I'm going to go over the top three, and these are in order. So the number, the first one I'm going to share is the best one. Second one, second best. Their third one is going to be the third best. So the top one is LinkedIn. LinkedIn. So there are about a billion interactions on LinkedIn every month. And the beauty of LinkedIn is you can easily find decision makers. So in B2B companies, you want to find a decision maker, right? You don't want to find someone who doesn't make the decisions because that's an extra step and extra time that you have to spend in your sales process. You want to go straight to decision maker. Well, guess what? On LinkedIn, you can actually type in the title in the search bar and it's going to show you a list of people that have that title and you can easily connect with them. And so for those of you who have asked me uh, that wrote down the question, you know, how do I find uh, decision makers? That's an easy way right there, LinkedIn. And then thirdly, um, there are actually more people uh, looking at posts than making posts on LinkedIn. So I'm gonna repeat that one more time. There are more people viewing and scrolling through posts than there are people actually making posts on LinkedIn. So because there are more people make uh, just viewing, there's actually more, going to be more organic reach for people that post. So whenever you post, there's going to be more people to naturally see it because there's not that many people posting. But if there's a ton of people posting, now you're competing against all those posts. There's going to be less people that see the post. But the great part about LinkedIn, even though there's a billion interactions, not that many people are posting. And so that's a huge opportunity for you is you can make a post and a thousand people see it, right? On Facebook, that's not the case because there's a ton of people posting on Facebook. And if you make a post, you know, there might be 10 people that see it, right? So LinkedIn is the number one tool. Now, keep in mind, this does not last forever, okay? The organic reach does not last forever because over time, as more and more people start posting on the platform, that decreases your potential reach. And so you want to capitalize uh, this moment as soon as possible, start posting on social media. That is the number one platform for B2B marketing. All right. Number two is Clubhouse. So Clubhouse, I'm sure you've heard of Clubhouse. It has been a recent craze. It still is a recent craze. They went from 1,500 users to now over 13 million users. Uh, yeah, 13 million users in one year from 1,500 to 13 million in one year. Uh, it used to be open for iPhone, but now it's open for Android. So if you're an Android user, you can use it. Um, it's a fast and growing platform, and it also has very high organic reach, which means there's a ton of people jumping in the rooms and listening, but there's not that many people hosting the rooms. And so if you host the room, 
you're going to have, you could easily have a hundred people join your room that have never heard of you before. Right. But they just join in because the organic reach is so amazing there. So that's the second best platform. Number one's LinkedIn. Number two is clubhouse. Number three is Facebook groups. Now, not just Facebook, but Facebook groups, there's a big difference. So on Facebook groups, you actually have to go into the group. You have to request access to join the, the, the group. And then you have to answer some questions sometimes, and then the person has to admit you into the group. Now, uh, there's 2.95 billion people using uh, Facebook, and Facebook wants you to join groups. And the reason why they want you to join groups is they want a better Facebook advertising product, okay? Because you can get very targeted with their ad product. They like, for example, if you say, I want to target uh, mothers on Facebook ads, they want to make sure that there are enough mom groups so that way they can actually advertise it to those groups. So that's why they've been pushing groups consistently and very hard in the past couple years is they want as many people join groups as possible, which means that if you join a group and you post, a lot of people are going to see it. So those are the three top platforms. Number one, LinkedIn. Number two, Clubhouse. Number three, Facebook groups. All right. So let's go into um, uh, posting. So I'm going to first actually go over how not to post on LinkedIn, uh, on Facebook, uh, social media first, okay, before I actually go over what you should be posting on social media. So I'm going to reverse it. So how not to post on social media. There are two big no-nos. So the first no-no is selfish content. Sell, 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 sell. I'm sure you all have seen it. Maybe uh, you have been guilty of it yourself. You post something like, buy my product, buy my product. I'm giving a discount. Go to my website, check out my links, right? We've all seen that before. And it is to a total turnoff. <laughs> so, you know, imagine if you went to your friend, right? Like you were to hang out with your friend. You went to, um, you know, I don't know, where do people go nowadays? <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> so you go to McDonald's with your friend. And then you're selling your friend. And every time you see your friend, you sell them. Well, chances are you're probably not going to have any friends if you're going to continue to sell your friends every time you see them. Social media is the same way. Don't be going out there and posting salesy sort of posts. Instead, you want to follow a different formula. And the formula that you want to follow is called give, 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 ask. Give, 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 ask. So I'm going to give value to the audience, I'm gonna give value, 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 and then I'm going to ask. And the more you can give without asking, the more powerful your ask is going to be when you do ask it. And so uh, one thing to keep in mind is don't disguise a give when it's really an ask, okay? So for example, don't invite people to a webinar and say, hey, I'm doing this amazing webinar. And uh, so that way I can teach you um, how you can be a better business person and then people attend the webinar and then you sell them at the end and if you sign up now you get a ten thousand dollar discount you know people would be turned off that's not really a gift that's really an ask that you disguised as a gift and so when you give actually give and give value and when you ask it's fine to ask but just don't mix the two together. Just give, 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 ask, ask, give, 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 ask. So that's number one is don't post selfish content, post more valuable content. 
Number two is not posting enough. You know, if you're posting one time a week, two times a week, three times, even four times a week, I'm going to say that's not enough. Okay, you should be posting at least one time a day. Yes, you should be posting one time a day. So imagine, let's say you're paying for an advertisement right now. Let's say you're going to buy some billboard ads. And you tell the billboard company, hey, put up my ad on Monday, but make sure you take it down on Tuesday, but put back, put the ad back up on Wednesday, and then on Thursday, take it back down, and on Friday, put it up because I like it Fridays. People would think you're crazy, right? Because guess what? People are driving back and forth every single day. You know, they're driving back and past that billboard every single minute. And so social media is no different. You want to be posting every single day because people are on there every single day. So, you know, post one time a day. But generally speaking, the more you post, the more people are going to see it. Um, but however, keep in mind there are there, there is a such thing as over posting. So, you know, if you're posting uh, four to I'd say four to five times a day is the max that you should go. If you go any more than that, then it could start, um, you know, making people feel a little overwhelmed. So I'd say four, four to five times a day is a good uh, benchmark on how often you should be posting. But 99% of the people on this call right now probably have the opposite problem, which is not posting enough, right? And so crank up your content to at least one time a day and shooting for four to five. All right, so that's not that's how not to post on uh, on social media. Now let's go over how to post on social media. Easiest ways to create a ton of content. Now you might be thinking to yourself right now after that uh, little segment, Fong, how do I even post four to five times a day? I do not even know what to post <laughs> once a week. I don't, and yet you want me to be posting four to five times a day. And so I'm going to show you a very easy way that you can create a lot of content, a lot of valuable content. So it's a four-step process. I call this the triple win content strategy, the triple win. It's in the title. You're going to win three times if you do this. So there's four steps to this. Step number one is to identify a problem or pain point that your prospects have. Identify a problem or pain point that your prospects have. Number two is after we're going to then create a webinar with the pain point in the name of the webinar. So for example, if you are a bookkeeper, and I see Denise here, she's a bookkeeper, a name of a good webinar for her would be 10 mistakes businesses make when managing their bookkeeping, right? It talks about the problem. Okay. Step number three is we're going to then promote the webinar. And then step number four is we're not going to sell in the webinar, but we're going to add as much value as possible. Now, let me tell you all the triple win here. This is the part that most people usually get super excited about. Win number one, you add value to your prospects and it builds goodwill and brand, right? Uh, there's 72 people on this call, 72 people now here and know who Fong Bo is. And I built, built goodwill by giving some value to you. That builds my brand. So that's the benefit of, of doing that. That's number one. The second benefit is 
there might be a handful of people today that are like, wow, following that is amazing content, but I'm so busy. That sounds like a lot of work. Why don't you do it for me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so now I just got, I might, I might get a couple clients who knows, right? But I'm not selling. I'm just giving as much value. So that's the second. You might actually get a couple clients from doing the webinar. And here's the best piece. And I want everybody to pay really close attention. I have the recording of this webinar. And now I'm going to go back into the recording and I'm going to segment this one hour class into 14 different small little segments that I can now post on social media. So I'm gonna replay that. I see some people that are trying to piece it together. So I have this recording, right? This one hour class recording. I went through a lot of things. I'm going to segment and video edit 14 different small clips. They might be two to three minute clips of different topics that I went over. And then now I'm gonna post it on social media. And so if I'm posting one time a day, I just created 14 different posts, right? Two weeks worth of posts from this one hour I spent with you all today. And so I'm being very efficient with my time. You know, uh, you're being very efficient when you're, with your time when you are doing the webinar strategy. So that's the triple win is number one, you add value to your prospects. Number two, um, there, there might be a couple people that actually become your clients. But number three is the biggest one is you actually get the recording that now you can video edit into small clips that you can post into social media. And look what I'm doing right now. That's exactly what I'm doing, right? <laughs> I'm doing exactly what I am sharing with you all. I'm creating the this webinar so that way I can actually grab the content that I can put on social media. And so it's a triple win that's very easy for any small business owner to do. So that's an easy way to create content. Create a one-hour class um, where you address and add value to your prospects. All right. So um, let's go over best ways to use LinkedIn for B2B marketing. So I'm going to actually share my screen and this is gonna be very, very interactive. All right, so um, Aaron, are you there? Aaron Justice, you're on mute. I'm here. Okay, sweet. All right, everybody. So this is how to best market your B2B company on LinkedIn. Okay, so. Can everybody my, uh, see my screen? Give me a thumbs up if you can see it. All right, sweet. We're on LinkedIn. Everybody still see my LinkedIn? Yep. Okay, sweet. So first of all, I'm gonna go to the search bar. And let's say I am, uh, my, my, this, you know, the, my target market is member relations coordinator. Let's say, let's just say, for example, that's my target market. That's the title I'm aiming for, right? That, that's the decision maker. I'm gonna type in member relations coordinator and click enter. Okay. Oh, oops. Type. Okay. Member relations coordinator. Oh, nope. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Cool. Awesome. And for you, it might be small business owner. You know, I noticed some people, they wanted to meet with spa owners, hair salon owners, type in whoever your target market is. Then, hey, look, Aaron Justice. So I'm going to go to Aaron. I'm going to connect with him and I'm going to add a note. And in the note, I'm going to say something very nice and thoughtful, like, 
Hi, Aaron. I want to add you to my professional network. Have a great day. All right. And then I'm going to click send. And Aaron, did you receive that, Aaron? Um, Got to refresh it. It's yes, I did. All right, and then Aaron's going to accept it. Awesome. I'm friend with friends with Aaron now. Okay, now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go to Aaron. I, I accept. Okay, you accepted. Okay. And now I'm going to endorse him on some skills. All right, so let's see here. Cool. It shows that we're connected. I'm gonna scroll down and I'm gonna go to a skills here. I'm going to endorse him on some skills. I'm going to do, oh, nice, communication, Aaron. Customer service, awesome. Tenacious work ethic, wow. Love it. And then he gets notifications saying, hey, Fong just endorsed you on some skills, Aaron. Say thank you. <laughs> so that's awesome. And I'm going to go to message. And this is where you can uh, pick your own adventure. So there's two ways you can go about this. Number one is you can do a very salesy approach. Or number two is you can do a more uh, relationship building approach. Now, um, there are pros to cons to both. So a salesy approach is you might get the sale a lot quicker. So it might sound something like, hey, I would love to set up a meeting and see how I can solve some of your issues, right? Some of your business problems. But the problem with that is you're going to have to go through a lot of people because a lot of people are probably going to say no. Okay, there's going to be a, because you're coming across very salesy. Um, but you might get lucky and sign up a couple people very quickly. The other approach is you can build more of a relationship building approach. As you can say something like, hey, Aaron, pleasure to be connected with you. Um, feel free to let me know if there is anyone in my network I can introduce all right, and then I'm gonna send it. And think about that. Aaron just got an endorsement, a couple endorsements from me. He just got this very thoughtful comment where I'm going to add value by introducing him to anybody he would like in my network. And as Aaron is posting, I'm going to comment. Look, Aaron has a couple of nice posts. I'm gonna comment on his posts, right? I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna comment on it like this here. And Aaron is going to see all this and over time, He's probably going to be curious. He's like, who's this guy that's just being so nice to me? Who's this guy endorsing me on some skills? Who's this guy commenting on my post? He's going to click on my profile and he's going to check out what I do. He might go to my website and over time, maybe, just maybe, he ends up using my services. And if he doesn't, I'm still going to be top of mind because I've done so much value for him. I've given him so much value that he remembers me. And so that is a way that you can easily market your B2B company on LinkedIn. It's number one, you go to the search bar. Remember, you type in the, um, the, the title that you want to target. Number two is you connect with them. You add a nice note. Number three is you endorse them on skills and leave a meaningful comment uh, and message. And so that's the uh, three-step process. All right. So let's go into the um, next portion, which is Clubhouse, Clubhouse marketing. 
So I'm going to assume that most people on here are not too familiar with Clubhouse. Um, actually, by a raise of hands really quickly, how many of you have more than 100 followers on Clubhouse? More than 100. Okay, so a handful. Okay, so most people are new to Clubhouse. It is a new platform. And so I'm going to give a, a four-step way on how you can actually get started on B2B marketing in Clubhouse. So number one is you're going to go um, to your account settings and we're going to click on interests. So after you create a, your account, go on account settings, click on interests, and we're going to make sure we select different filters like entrepreneurship. There's an entrepreneurship filter. There's a small business filter. And there's also a networking filter. And then we're going to spend about five to 10 hours going into different rooms. So that way we can learn how the platform works. Because Clubhouse has different etiquette than Facebook or LinkedIn. People are a little bit different on Clubhouse. And so you want to understand what that etiquette is. Number three is we're now going to identify a problem or pain point that your prospects have. So remember our example earlier for bookkeepers, it could be maybe a room might be called mistakes business owners make when managing their bookkeeping. The room might be called business legal problems when managing your bookkeeping. And num number four is you would then create a room with that name. And then now you're giving value and advice to the people that join in your room. And so my advice is to try different room names. You know, there might be some room names that just might work better than others. And so try different names for, for your rooms. And the benefit of Clubhouse is because remember, there's not that many people that are hosting rooms right now. And so when you host a room, there could be easily 100 people that actually join it in the room based off of the topic that you're going over. And so um, that, that's the best way to use Clubhouse for your B2B marketing. All right, so now let's go over Facebook. Facebook for B2B marketing. And so um, the best way to use Facebook is number one, groups. There's three steps to this. Number one, I'm actually gonna go, we're gonna go into Facebook groups and I recommend joining over 100 different Facebook groups. Yes, 100 different Facebook groups. And personally for me, I'm in close to 1000 Facebook groups. There are so many different Facebook groups that you can join. You can join a lot of local groups. There's like local groups that you can find. There's business groups, but you join those groups. Here's the second step is a big problem that people have is whenever they post in the group, sometimes it gets taken down by the admin. And so before I even post in those groups, I'm going to send a message. We're going to send the message to the admin and we're going to thank them for creating the group. Hey, Tom, just wanted to you know, message you really quickly to thank you for creating this Sacramento Facebook business owners group. Um, I think it's so important that we you know, come together as a community. And then Tom is gonna see that and he's like, wow, nobody's ever thanked me for creating a Facebook group before. And now Tom is very friendly with me. And then after I get that, I'm going to start posting. Okay, and so when you make a post on Facebook, you can actually share it into groups. There's a button that says share to groups. You can type in the groups you wanna to share it to, and you can actually share up to about 20. That's the max limit. 
It's about 20, give or take, 20 different groups you can share your post into. And um, the amazing part about that is the groups typically have at least a thousand people in each group. So if you're sharing to 20 groups, that's close to 20,000 potential reach that you can have. Of course, not everybody's going to see it, but even if it's just a handful of 20,000, you're going to have a lot of people seeing your posts. And so that's the best way that you can actually market um, your business on Facebook using groups. All right. Awesome. So uh, let's see how much time we have here. We're at the 39. I'm going to go over one more. Um, let's see here. One more topic and then we'll go into the Q&A. Sound good? Awesome. So um, I want to go over uh, why your social media marketing is not working. So by a raise of hands, just really quickly, how many of you feel that your social media marketing might not work or is not working? Just really quickly raise a hand. Okay. Yeah, that's the general feeling that I get um, from people is social media not working. Now, there's usually two reasons why, um, you know, your social media marketing might not work. So the number, the number one thing that I see is actually patience and consistency. Okay, so it takes a lot of time to build a business. You know, Amazon and Apple, um, it did not take one day to build Amazon and Apple um, to where it is now. I mean, it took decades. And so if you have just been posting for a few weeks, a few months, I mean, it could take years until your social media continues to grow. And so just know that it does require a lot of patience. More often than not, it's usually consistency. So, you know, if, you, if you're posting a couple of times a week, one week, and then the week after you stop posting, and then you start posting again and stop, um, there's inconsistency in that. And the, uh, the Facebook, the LinkedIn, LinkedIn algorithms do not like that. They like consistency. So it's actually better to post, you know, a few times a week, but doing it every single week versus posting every single day and then stopping for a few weeks and then starting again because LinkedIn and Facebook wants to see that you are someone that's trustworthy, someone that is consistent and they reward you for consistency. And so um, that's, that's typically the biggest problem is consistency. So if you're uh, you know, not consistent in your social media posting, what I would recommend is, and chances are it's just because you're busy, right? You, you might not have the time for it. So what I'd recommend is um, using a social media scheduler where you actually schedule out your social media posts. So you can schedule it out in advance. You know, you can, I think you can schedule up to a year in advance or something for some um, tools. And so that's very easy. There's a ton of social media scheduling tools out there. That's what I recommend if you have that problem. Um, the second reason why your social media marketing might not work is because you're not good at it. Okay, so if, you're, if you've been patient, if you've been consistent and it's still not working, you just might not be good at it. And that's okay, you know, I suck at uh, math. And uh, the first thing I'm going to do is hire a bookkeeper <laughs> when I start my business. Okay, <laughs> um, I'm going to let someone else do the books for me because I suck at math. And so that's okay. So 
um, what you can do is number one, you can try to get better at it and that's totally fine. You can improve, go to these classes, continue to improve your skills, right? Do your research on, on, on more social media. But if you just physically don't enjoy it at all and don't want to invest the time into it, then it might be good to hire someone to do it. But either way, it is important to start posting on social media because like we said earlier, 80% of uh, businesses and B2B buyers and C-suite executives are using social media. And so it's necessary to be on it, um, but it might be good to hire someone else who knows what they're doing to do it. So that's what I recommend. All right, so um, that wraps up all the content that I want to go over. Let's go into the Q&A. So Aaron, uh, I know we've gotten a couple questions. Um, please shoot some questions to me. Let's start answering some questions. You got it. All right. Um, first off, we have a question, um, kind of a two-part question. So part first part of it is with uh, by April O'Connor. And what is a good strategy for budget and implementation? And then um, they're kind of similar. So I'm going to group in Denise Vinoy's question, which is, where is the best place to spend my limited marketing funds? So what is a good strategy for budget and implementation? And where is the best place to spend my limited marketing funds? Awesome. Sweet. So I'll uh, go ahead. Uh, they're very similar questions. So, um, uh, so number one is once it comes to marketing budgets, um, I follow a simple rule and keep in mind that it varies by business and industry. Okay. So some industries like software, I've read that, you know, um, they should be spending 20 to 25% of their mar uh, of their annual revenue into marketing of your software company. Um, but a good rule of thumb is about uh, five to 15% of your annual revenue should be spent on marketing. Five to 15% of uh, what you're making in your business should be spent to um, spent on marketing. I'd recommend about 10%, that's like a safe bet. So 10% of um, the revenue that you're bringing in should be spent on marketing. Now, from that 10%, I would say 60% of that 10% should be spent on social media. So 6% of your annual revenue should be spent on social media marketing, 6%. The rest, you can do it, you know, try different things and see what works. But um, when you're spending money on social media, um, you should spend it on creating content, creative content. And so there are, I recommend, there's something called the big four. Okay, there are four people you want to hire when you once it comes to creative content. Four time uh, types of people you want to hire. So number one is a copywriter. So a copywriter is simply someone that just writes the content in the post. So if you're posting a picture, it's the content above that. And the reason why a copywriter is so important is because they can write words in a way that will make people curious and actually wanna click on your profile to learn more or even go to your website to become a client. And so that's why it's important to uh, hire a copywriter. Um, that's, the, that's number one out of the four. The second type of person you should hire when creating content is a graphic designer, someone that can make beautiful images, that have a degree, that have experience creating beautiful images. They know how big the font should be. They know what it should look like to capture people's attention. That's the second type of person you wanna hire as a graphic designer. The third is a video editor. So, you know, um, I don't have the time to be able to edit 
this webinar, for example, into 14 different segments. And so I might hire a video editor to do that for me. And so that's the third person that you want to um, have on your team, on your creative content team. And then last person is an ad person, someone that knows ads. So they know Facebook ads. They know how to do LinkedIn ads. Um, they know how to do the math on it. Hey, how can I get, uh, you know, April um, leads that cost $3 instead of 10 You know, someone who's very knowledgeable in advertisement, but I wouldn't hire that for fourth person until you have the copywriter, graphic designer, and video editor on your team. Now, um, chances are, you know, um, for, and this is answering Denise's question, um, which is where's the best place to spend your limited marketing budget. That's where I would spend it, hiring those three people. But chances are you might have limited funds, so you can't hire someone full-time, right? Like a full-time in-house person. And so you might want to hire a freelancer or someone that um, does it on their, you know, their free time um, because the cost of that is very low. So, um, you know, in terms of budgeting, to answer your question, five to 15%, I say 10% should be spent on marketing. Uh, two thirds of that or 60% should be spent on social media. And when you're doing social media, you wanna hire four types of people, copywriters, graphic designers, video editors, and ad people. Uh, don't get the ad person until you have the copywriter, graphic designer, and video editor locked in 100% and they're creating amazing content. And then once you have enough money for the ad person, you can bring that person on. So thank you for that question. Aaron, next question. Next question. All right, we got Kathy Weaver. How to reach the decision maker for hair salons, massage spas, chiropractic offices, and vet clinics? All right, sweet. So um, uh, there's a three-step process to this. I love this. This is a, a very similar to what I went over earlier. So number one is um, we're going to go on LinkedIn under, uh, under the search bar, and then we're going to type in salon owner or spa owner or chiropractor or clinic owner, right? And when you enter, there's going to be a list of those types of people that show up. Now, if you have LinkedIn premium, you can actually put in keywords to be a little bit more targeted. Um, you have to be paying for the LinkedIn premium, but you can do it for free by just going to the search bar. Uh, number two is connect with them on LinkedIn, you know, add a note, say, hey, um, would love to have you in my professional network. Have a great day. And then they accept it or hopefully accept it. And here is the awesome part. It's called the podcast strategy, the podcast strategy. And it's a triple win as well. So I'm going to show over, uh, show you later how it's a triple win to do this podcast strategy. So after you connect with them, you send a message to them. And remember, let's create a podcast. So podcast strategy. So let's call the podcast Wellness with Kathy Weaver, something like that, where we talk about wellness. And now in that LinkedIn message, we're going to invite them to go uh, to be interviewed on our podcast. Hey, Susan, you know, I noticed that you're a, a, a hair salon owner. You know, uh, I have a podcast called Wellness with Kathy Weaver, where I interview uh, salon owners. Um, would love to have you on. And guess what? If Susan got that message, she would be so honored. If anybody messaged you right now and said that um, they love the work that you do and would love to have you on their podcast, you would feel honored, right? You would feel flattered. Of course, you're going to say yes. I would say yes. 
And so um, for those of you who do not want to sound salesy, that's the best way is to invite people on your podcast. Number three is we're going to do the interview. And after they're done, they're going to say, wow, Kathy is such a nice person to, to let me be on our podcast. You know what? I wonder what she does. And then she's going to ask, ask Kathy, hey, Kathy, what do you do? And then Kathy can start sharing how she um, is into Kangen uh, water and she you know, helps people live healthy lives through the water source. And that's a triple win. And the reason why it's a triple win, here's the three wins. Number one is that person can now potentially become a client because Kathy could easily set up another meeting with that person talking about Kangen water. And it wouldn't be weird because in that 45 minutes of that interview, they just built a relationship, right? So number one, they can potentially become a client. You interview people who you want to become your client. Number two is they can share their podcast to their network, right? Is If Susan's a salon owner, chances are she knows a ton of other salon owners and she's going to be sharing that podcast to her network of salon owners that now know who Kathy Weaver is. So that builds Kathy Weaver's business. And then number three is now Kathy has the content that she can now segment into smaller different clips that she can now post on social media. So in that 45 minute interview that she did with that person, she just got three different triple wins, right? So um, that's the best strategy I would say to target those people. And this can be done for everybody else is to actually invite your prospects to do a podcast with you they're they're gonna say yes you know it's people hardly say no whenever they're being invited to a podcast all right aaron next question you got it all right um next question is by pamela rashil um the question is what are tips for hiring a virtual assistant to handle my social media all right, sweet. So uh, tips on hiring a virtual assistant to handle social media. Um, three tips for you. Number one is don't get taken advantage of. Okay, don't get taken advantage of. So for example, I'm sure many of you have bought something in the past that's super cheap, that broke on the first day of you using it. Okay, who remembers that? An item like that? Yeah, we've all been there. We bought something because it's cheap and it broke after a day. And then later on, we buy a different brand and it lasts us until today, right? Until, until today. And so this is no different. You know, you don't want to be hiring someone that is cheap. You don't want to be hiring someone that doesn't know what they're doing. You don't want to be taken advantage of. So I would recommend is that we do research, you know, uh, get just enough knowledge. So that way, you know what the social media person is talking about. Because the worst thing you can do is you don't understand what they're really saying because you don't know enough about social media. And they could be saying something that's completely false, but you don't know, right? Because uh, you don't have the knowledge. And so I'd say number one is definitely don't take, don't be taken advantage of. Do the research, you know, uh, go into the platforms, use the platforms, right? If you don't know how Clubhouse works and you want someone to grow your Clubhouse, use Clubhouse for five to 10 hours. So that way you have an idea. And if someone comes across and tells you something that's completely nonsense, well, you know, because you've been on the platform. So I would say, um, you know, be on the uh, platform for about five, for about five to 10 hours, post about five to 10 hours. You know, if you're not sure on how LinkedIn works, but you want to hire someone, post on LinkedIn five to 10 times. So that way you have an understanding of it and can call out BS whenever someone sends it your way. 
Um, so number one, don't be taken advantage of. Number two is know what your goals are, right? Because if you go to a social media person and you ask them to work for you and you have no goal, well, you don't know how good that company is performing, right? If you have no goal, you can't track the progress. And so if you have a goal and you go to a social media person, and you say, hey, here are my goals. How can you help me through your social media managing? Then you can see how well they're actually performing after you hire them. Right. So that's number two is know what your goals are and have metrics. And then number three, and this might sound a little weird, but I probably wouldn't hire a virtual assistant <laughs> because a virtual assistant, most of them are very general, like they're generalists. They just don't do social media. They do like, you know, bookkeeping. They know a little bit about like, you know, using the copier, like, you know, they do more administrative work. Okay, they're not specialists when it comes to social media. So I would actually hire a social media specialist, someone who does it for a living versus a virtual assistant. That's my, that's my take on that question. All right. Before we end today's episode, I just wanted to share how grateful I am to those of you who spent you know, one to two minutes to leave a thoughtful review. And what that does is give people an idea of what they can expect, but also how much value they're going to get from this podcast. So I'm actually going to be showing some love back to you all by reading one of our favorite reviews at the end of every episode. And so keep the reviews coming. I appreciate you all so much. And I'll see you in the next episode.